Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin, and we want to welcome with us. I'm waiting for Len to say I'm Leonard. Uh, <laughs> we want to welcome back uh, on this Tuesday, Niall McGowan from Bat Minutes and Rick Ingham from Mad Max Minutes. Ah, Robin Burge, I presume. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Obviously, it's me. <laughs> so nice of you to knock on our door this late at night. Please come in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a little intimidating, but I'll, I'll scurry by. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is minute 47 of Fright Night. It begins with Peter schooling some young punk and ends with the shadowy entrance of Vampire Jerry. Introduces Charlie to the concept of holy water and talks about the deal he made. Uh, I, I'm watching the movie. You know, it's not on VHS anymore. It's not on HBO late at night. We have kind of an HD version of this movie. And those close-ups are just not making me believe Peter's much older than 50. <laughs> the, the, the makeup is, is is there, definitely there. And the, the hair is very powdery. <laughs> it's, the, it's the real downfall of blu-ray the blu-ray era Mm -hmm. it's like things that looked great back in the day (laughs) like we experienced a lot with the the original batman movie because you're watching it now it's like that joker makeup used to seem seamless yeah and now you're just like oh you can see where the things (laughs) attached to his cheeks and stuff oh man it's still doing a great performance but the and the makeup's still cool but it's like oh it's totally makeup though (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a hair color that looks as painted on <laughs> yes. as what Roddy McDowell is wearing in this scene. <laughs> Were you just in a fire? Is that, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I just came from the series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> um, Spoiler alert. I would say, though, that maybe like this is part of Peter Vincent's whole persona because he's oh. just like, oh, people remember me as this, <laughs> this elder statesman vampire hunter, so I don't want to disappoint them. So he He's constantly with the baby powder in his hair every morning and stuff. <laughs> He's been like 60 for the past 20 years and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like that, that might be a part of getting into character, even though he's probably the age – uh, you know, he's uh, uh, Roddy McDowell is like in his fifties when he's playing this character, but he's playing a character that's uh, like ten, year, at least ten years older. Um, but uh, I can imagine Peter just still applying makeup as if he's going to set. You know, <laughs> and uh, Roddy has always had a very boyish face. I was just uh, I had TCM on uh, mute while I was writing some notes uh, the other night, and they had uh, some movie from like I don't know, like the forties called uh, Holiday in Mexico. And boy, he he's like still got the same face, but he's just like a smaller person. <laughs> the, the, the thing that actually showed me about the ages in this, though, because I can get past like, oh, Peter Vincent just looks like they've made a, a a younger man look older. Yeah. But the thing that really distracted me is that, and I had to look up the ages, and there is a nine year gap, I guess. But 
William Ragsdale doesn't he looks like a guy in his early 20s to me mm-hmm. and so then when like Billy Cole is like oh hey kid it's like you look like the same age yes. <laughs> he's like, just like what are you doing outside my house sir yeah. like my next fully adult next door neighbor like you're a year you're a year ahead of me in high school and suddenly you're act- acting like the adult here like what the heck yeah. <laughs> Now, one thing I never really felt satisfied in finding out is exactly how old these kids are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like seniors in high school, juniors in high school. What are we dealing with? I believe it's mentioned that they're juniors. Uh, OK. That might just be from the script, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we're finally getting out of that that age now of just casting full-blown, like, <laughs> Late twenties people yeah. as high school. Like I'm 32 tomorrow, and I still feel like happy back birthday. In the 80s, I oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but I still feel like back in like the 80s, I still could have played a high school kid. Like that's just <laughs> the, that was the casting back then. I think nowadays you watch like a teen rom com, so it's like, oh, these are clearly teenagers that they've actually cast because they look like teenagers. <laughs> okay, so the important thing for this movie is that Ed, Charlie, and Amy are 17, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll remember okay. that for later this week. <laughs> okay. that they are 17. 17. But the, even worse than that, though, and maybe it's because of what I knew her from previously, but, like, Amanda Pierce to me is obviously married with children. Mm-hmm. That's who I instantly think. I was like, oh, it's Marcy from Married with Children. <laughs> so if you told me she was, like, 37 in this, yeah. I would believe you. <laughs> because Marcy was, like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, Marcy's, like, the middle-aged woman who lives next door. And there's only, what, like, a like a five-year gap or something between this and Married with Children starting. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it does feel very strange. Like, it's like, it could have skewed the younger actors. Maybe this didn't think, like, oh, it won't matter. We don't know that this woman's going to play this part in a couple of years' time, and it's going to make you forever think that she's a woman in her mid-30s. I think I remember that it was, like, she's, like, 27 or 28 when she's filming this. So Charlie points out the idiocy of this plan. Like, if they prove Jerry's a vampire, was he? He's going to kill all of them. <laughs> like, so yeah. why not bring some weapons just in case? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. That <laughs> yeah. the number one thing you do as a vampire, when people discover that you are a vampire, <laughs> is that you kill them to cover your secret, which is <laughs> arguably what Jerry was trying to do earlier. And then I guess. I was never really sure why he spared Charlie there. Probably just because he wanted to scare him and just torture him a little bit. But yeah, I think he didn't yeah. want to like, you know, <laughs> pardon the phrase shit where he eats. You know? <laughs> There's a murder next door. It's going to look a little bit suspicious for the neighbors or well, ne- that, new neighbors question, next door. Actually, what do you guys reckon? Like, does Jerry have an overall plan for Charlie? He's like, oh, I'm going to get him later. Is he like, is he marinating the meat so much? It's like, oh, yeah, like, like uh, it. He's like, oh, it tastes better. <laughs> It'll taste better when he's scared. Or is he just so more like, no, nah, he found out. Now i got to keep him scared. And then hopefully we can just live <laughs> side by side right. and the kid won't bug me anymore. Or is he planning to kill him down the line at some point? I'm starting to think that Jerry's just not a very good vampire. Like, <laughs> he kills people and then Billy dumps the bodies. Like, if they if he was a good vampire, I feel like he would have a better body disposal system. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then again, that's why he keeps moving around, I guess. Yeah, I think the, the, of all the things higher, though, yeah. mm-hmm. the stick out the most is it's it's Billy Cole to me as a character is kind of weird. Just he's so weird to me because <laughs> it is just like yeah, it's just this guy he hangs around with all the time, and it's like 
I suppose maybe they were, were they trying to go for some kind of subtext of like, oh, maybe the people will think like, oh, there, there's a couple next door or something. <laughs> yeah. Like but some does, sort of gay panic type thing. A little bit of subtext Yeah, maybe there, they were yeah. going for something like that. But like. There is a shot does. that that uh, that definitely was set up when uh, when Jerry is on the phone threatening Charlie. And there is there's there's a shot where just like Billy is like in front of his crotch, uh, you know, fixing his hand. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and, and Jonathan Stark recounted about like being. Being directed to sit there and they set up that shot and it was like later they were like oh i see great you mm. got us <laughs> just a couple of confirmed bachelors moving into the neighborhood to yeah. fix up the old tore down house nothing nothing weird sexually there <laughs> well it's officially a he's a live-in carpenter you know it's like a murphy brown yeah. situation <laughs> plus you've got prostitutes being taxied in to visit the house every mm-hmm. so often <laughs> You think that's just like oh they're not doing it like they're just having a cup of coffee and it's like it's all for show like it's just to make sure that the the clucking tongues of the neighborhood uh, <laughs> the <laughs> clucking too loudly about them. That's the one thing about uh, Jerry uh, that I thought was uh, you know kind of risky the fact that he is <laughs> like having having uh, a prostitute's taxi right to his house rather than going yeah. and get him and bringing him back. You know, <laughs> I feel like instead of not a good plan. <laughs> I feel like instead of Charlie calling the police saying, hey, this guy's a vampire, he should have called the police saying, hey, this guy is soliciting prostitutes in his home. <laughs> yes. Because the police would absolutely arrest him for that. This is the yeah. suburbs. You have to get up here. <laughs> yeah. You've got to go to the city for that type of nonsense. Yeah. Don't be bringing that here where there's kids around. <laughs> I think it's more because I, I interpreted what they were originally trying to go for with Billy. As you said, like you're not, you're not even too sure at the end what he actually is. So it's kind of like, is he... Like, is he also a vampire? I guess he's also a vampire. Or maybe is he? What, what's going on? I don't know. But I was assuming they were <laughs> they were hoping to make him like a Renfield kind of character. Yeah, but he doesn't seem. He's too kind of cool and calm. It's like Renfield feels should be more kind of sniveling and stuff. Mm. I would go imagine like uh, not that Jonathan Stark's you know doing a bad job or anything, but considering that Tom Holland also did Child's Play, imagine if like if uh, Billy Cole was played by like Brad Dourif and he was <laughs> just this really creepy guy who hung around with Jerry and stuff. I would get that more because it's like yeah. This is his Igor subservient he kind of the worm guy. tongue thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is kind of like, yeah, he's just this, he's just kind of not quite as handsome, but also a pretty good looking, cool guy who just uh, chums around with him and stuff. And it's like, is he familiar? But he can't be because <laughs> familiar is supposed to be human. So he's yeah. just this, this thing that's there as well. <laughs> I thought he was like, I, I think he's like a like a familiar, but like a, like a halfway transformed kind of thing. I don't know. You know, the rules are dicier. You just made me think that how fun it would be if they literally had Chucky as his living carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd be even like, what? It's a walking doll. And is it a vampire, too? What? <laughs> I mean, if Fright Night had been made like two and a half years later than it was, you could have just said, oh, well, maybe Billy is just like Kim Cattrall in Mannequin. He's just some sort of homunculus that was brought to life. Where is Mannequin minute by minute? I would guess on that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Mannequin. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Mannequin. Oh, man. Uh, so Peter tries to be reassuring. He's like, hey, listen, I'm here to protect you. I am Peter Vincent, you know. And uh, Charlie tries to argue. He's like, I, I love how he's just kind of like, I know, old man. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do here, but you really have to think about this. <laughs> you oh, have no idea what you're you getting mag- into. You magnificent bastard. I read your book. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do have to say, say like, because I know they've already made the, remade this once, and like yeah. as I said, David Tennant did a good job, but they, he was going to go on for this weird kind of like a magician kind of character, something he was supposed to be playing in it. Yeah, Chris Angel. But I was thinking like, yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, the, uh, the remake Fright Night. The only way now I would accept it is that instead of like a Peter Vincent character, they get in, they actually cast Cassandra Peterson, and she is just playing Elvira. And it's just like, what if Elvira had to go up against Jerry Danbridge in this exact situation? Say, can I you would... smother a vampire? Uh, <laughs> I'm here for that remake. <laughs> I mean, that, just me, I... that might just be how I would want to go at her hand. <laughs> I'm opening the, the, the iTunes uh, account right now. <laughs> I'm ready to <laughs> podcast about this. Oh, man. It just seems like that'd be such a like a fun idea. Just like, oh, you know, let's do something different with it. <laughs> just like get someone who people genuinely know in real life. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, a uh, virus associated with all that stuff. She's a cheesy, like horror movie host and stuff. Like, oh, let's go go to town with this. Yeah, that's true. So the door suddenly opens, and Charlie is immediately face to face with Scary Billy, who is uh, <laughs> who's all smiles. Mm. Um, but yeah, super excited to meet Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent's kind of a rock star, you know, <laughs> to these guys, or at least at least to Billy. He's, he's very excited to meet him. Um, <laughs> and then he invites them all in, and Amy goes in first, Ed second, Peter third, and they're just all saucer eyed as they enter this grand foyer. And uh, I found the amount of clocks very <laughs> off putting. <laughs> If I walked into a house with that many clocks, I'd be like, oh, this guy is nuts. Like, this is, he might not be a vampire, but this is creepy that he's got so many goddamn clocks around. Are you a mad scientist? <laughs> is there an automatic uh, dog food opener around here? <laughs> but they never, I don't, they never comment on it. You think they yeah. would throw in a line of like, are you like a clock? collector or like a clock maker or something maybe that could have been his covers like yes i make clocks that's why i've got so many around but this is just like oh this weirdo has got tons of clocks in his house (laughs) i cannot imagine having to move around the world every so often because bodies keep piling up and having to pack up all of these clocks and then unpack the clocks afterwards like there are certain items as a frequently traveling murder serial killer vampire guy that you don't want to collect i think marble statues is a good option for what to avoid when you need to move around a lot, but obviously clocks, you've got to pack those up real good. They are mm-hmm. not robust things that you could just knock around in a cardboard box. You got to wrap them up. You got to pad them and whatnot. And we're going to see later this week. He also has like carved ivory. Like this mm-hmm. guy's got a weird <laughs> collection. He needs to like Marie Kondo his whole house uh, before he starts think- murdering people as much as he wants to. <laughs> Do you think that maybe, like, these are, like, he has a kind of playfulness about him? It's like, oh, I travel around so much because I have to move because I'm a vampire. This is a clock from every country I've lived in. (laughs) And it's like, I started this, like, 200 years ago. Now I've got, like, a series of watches up in a drawer somewhere because I've refined it down. Mm -hmm. But, like, I can't get rid of half the collection. So I have to cart around, like, oh, that's my Peruvian cuckoo clock from, like, 150 (laughs) years ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the cuckoo clock that he has in the back that has the giant peacock looking tail. That thing is pretty <laughs> impressive looking. Oh man. Yeah. I, we were talking about cuckoo clocks, uh, I think last week or week before. And I just, uh, I, I can't imagine having a cuckoo clock actually in my house. It just, it, it would just scare the crap out of me for instance, for one thing, <laughs> like, you oh. know, at the, at the beginning of the 
I do have a friend who does have a cuckoo clock. Yeah. Uh, I think she inherited it from her from her grandmother. But like, I think she was so excited by it too. And then it doesn't work. <laughs> like, it's just it's there. It's out for decoration. Uh-huh. To be like, it's a cuckoo clock, but she cannot get it working again. That's what I was I wondering. Like, can you very... set it so it doesn't go off during the night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're walking the bathroom and like, ah! <laughs> he's very thankful because I've known him longer, and he is like. He has no he has no time for a ticking clock. Mm. Like he's a if you you know sometimes with like you know when the fire alarm batteries are running low and you get that occasional beep. Uh-huh. I've seen him like flinch at that <laughs> as if like the slightest noise in a room will annoy the crap out of him. So the the idea that she brought a cuckoo clock into the house is like well it's like suicide. Are you gonna mm-hmm. set this guy off any goddamn second? Yeah, we have a door here that creaks, and every time like it opens, I'm I'm immediately like on the ceiling. <laughs> it's just I don't know, it's a certain sort of noise that just sets me off. Um, uh, so yeah, B- Billy's Billy's smile gets a little bit more transparent as uh, Charlie gets invited in, and it, it kind of reminds me of you know how Charlie scurried through the door when he brought Detective Lennox over. And it's just like, ah, oh, this damn kid bringing all these outsiders into the master's lair. I uh, just want to kill him where he stands. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that at about 45 seconds, Ed's look is a, a guy who's indicating he's got a kind of like, ooh, got a look on his face of like, maybe he's the only person there who's like, this house is pretty weird. <laughs> like, he does have an expression of like, oh, I wasn't expecting it to be like this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The way I saw it was like they were all like kind of saucer eyed, like they were just like, wow, just walking into this place, you know? Um, probably wanting to have the same conversation about, damn, that's a lot of clocks that we just had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I, I meant to say, uh, you know, and apologies to folks that probably already heard this, the interview with Jonathan Stark, but uh, when we talked to him on, on Skype, on video, Behind him was an entire clock collection, and I pointed it out. I was just like, "This is so weird <laughs> that the real guy that plays Billy has like a whole line of clock. You know, not even a line, like a whole case of clocks behind him. He likes to restore them. That's what he said." So you think it's just like he just got in the habits. He's just like, oh, no, I just love that. I love the ticking on set. I love <laughs> I love at least 50 things ticking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he just likes the look of them. I don't know. Um, let's see. The, uh, so so we have the big set again uh, here, the, the grand staircase. And Jonathan Stark says in the magazine, uh, Deadly Magazine. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I just got this from Fright Night Wiki, but he says, I remember the first time we walked on the set and it was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Someone told me that the railings and the balusters were from Gone with the Wind. The whole thing was incredible and having that practical added so much to how great the film looks because actually what you saw was right there. It was like a whole different world, like a Hammer movie come to life. Yeah, the, the, one of the production designers, John DeCure Jr., says, indeed, it is the, the Gone with the Wind studio. And if you look really closely, you know, at the staircase especially, on there's there's significant resemblances. And there's uh, much like uh, in Gone with the Wind, there's the two side doors flanking uh, the staircase as well. So it's kind of cool, this film history, you know. You know, looking at the interior of this place, I feel like my point from Monday is even more valid now that – they should have spent some time working on the exterior because the interior of this place looks spotless, oh, yeah. much cleaner than it did than you would assume looking at the outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, you want to make your living area 
much more cleaner and nicer looking and then like work on the outside. And again, it's like they're, they don't want to invite people in anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I, say, like, I wonder if um, doesn't scare prostitutes off, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like if Charlie's mother ever went over to, to visit Jerry Dandridge. Like, because I always assume in big, you know, like in suburban neighborhoods and stuff, most houses are fundamentally kind of built the same. Because, like, oh yeah, it's just you know, well, she did hit slight variations. She did invite him over, so I don't know if that mm. she went over to his house to invite him over, but you know, she definitely set up the like, invitation <laughs> somehow. Yeah, but but the Brewster household doesn't have this really cool freaking stained glass circular window at the top mm-hmm. of the stairs. Like no, that looks certainly like a freaking, not. And what's going like, on with a it? Swanky mansion territory. It's like holy crap! I, he lives right next door. How come our house isn't this nice? Yeah, what's going on with this picture window, by the way? Like, just taking a real good look at it. Uh, the design around the outside is really nice, but I felt like the picture on the inside kind of confuses me. <laughs> like, on the left, there's, you know, like, kind of like a half a sunflower as a sun effect, some roses growing underneath. But on the right side, it's just like someone threw a bucket of blue paint at it. <laughs> yeah. Is that supposed to be a deer? <laughs> I have no idea. Do you think that because it plays such an important part that this would be like an important symbolic image or something to yeah. put on this? Yeah. But it, it, looking at it, it's like, I have no idea what's going on there. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, um, you know, Jerry calls for uh, – or excuse me, uh, Billy calls for Jerry to come down and uh, Peter murmurs to Billy like, oh, perhaps he didn't hear you. And he's like, oh, uh, he heard me all right. <laughs> There's been so many red alerts <laughs> since they first made the initial call. Like this is a, yet another one. Like uh, how did he hear them from downstairs? Uh, mm. do, you think, do you think that Billy has ever used the name Jer Bear? In reference to Jerry. <laughs> I like that he calls him Jer. You know, it's just, again, it's like the vampire Jerry. It's just such a weird name. Like Dandridge definitely feels very, well, I don't know, ritzy, you know, but Jerry. <laughs> I just wonder then at what point in his, you know, multiple hundred year lifespan that Jer became acceptable to call him. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. I'm it's like, oh, people have been calling me Jer since like 1890. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. <laughs> So uh, Jerry steps into silhouette and uh, we end the scene. But to me, it's like, I swear we're about to bust into a musical number. Like, <laughs> like Sweet Fan Transvestite is about to start right here. <laughs> uh, I do have to appreciate, too, like Peter Vincent really channeling his inner C-3PO there. Of just like, you know, knock, knock. Oh, nobody's home. Like, it's yeah. just like, he just called him. And he's like, maybe he didn't hear us. Like, <laughs> it bothers me so much that he knocks on the window and not the wooden frame of the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Billy's going to have to go back and wash those windows now. <laughs> I had just paint over them. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. So I was wondering what Jason Alexander was doing about around this same time. And he was still acting on TV. And it's a shame because you could have had Jason Alexander in the role of Billy here and be like, you got visitors, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming in to see you if you're a vampire, Jerry. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that's that's your remake right uh, there. Yeah. That, like Elvira is Peter Vincent. And it's Jerry and George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> Peter slams his steak down on the counter and says, I'm out. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, with that, I think it's probably time we uh, put a steak in this one. Is there anything else you guys want to uh, uh, mention about this minute before we exit? No, I think I'm done. Down the staircase. Uh, (laughs) I just want to blow everybody's mind real quick, letting you know that there is a second Fright Night 2 that was made in 2013 where it's got all of the same character names except the Jerry role is played by a woman. 
God. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a remake of the sequel. Uh, yeah, because I know there was a yeah. sequel to this one where they just, like, they just, uh, the, what, what happens to the second one? Uh, Charlie doesn't believe in vampires anymore. Mm. He thinks all that, he made all that up. Right, yeah. God. We're going to be dedicating one episode to that, to that movie, which, you know, I, I got, we got to talk about it because it is William Ragsdale and Roddy, Roddy McDowell, but um, I don't know. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, the, we're saving all these uh, for credit minutes, you know, when we don't really have oh, much yeah. else to talk about but credits. So uh, I think one, we're going to do Fright Night 2, and another, we're going to do uh, the remake and I think I think that remake sequel is like a European like a straight to video kind of thing um, I gotta do it man we'll track do it down. It for mm-hmm. I believe there's an Indian remake as well of Fright Night which uh, I'd love to track <laughs> down as well oh there you go but uh, set for life <laughs> Okay. By the time you're done with all of those, then they'll finally make our remake. And you can just start doing that a minute at a time. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, now, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Oh, yeah. You can get me on Bat Minutes, uh, where we talk about the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher. I think uh, we're kind of toying maybe doing some of the animated movies, too. Uh, we can't mm. do the Chris Nolan trilogy because other people are covering those. But we covered all of those movies uh, a minute at a time. And uh, you can find that on iTunes, I believe on Spotify now. And nice. um, most of your you know podcatchers. And find us on Twitter and Facebook and the Instagram, all that, st- all that good stuff. Something so weird about finding your podcasts on on Spotify. I have a couple on Spotify right now, and it's just like it's so weird for it to be in here, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> uh, Rick, anyone who's looking to find more of my stuff, just go on to Google and search for Mad Max Minute. Pretty much all of the top results are all my stuff. The main website is madmaxminute.com. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Player FM, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn. (laughs) That's the lovely thing about iTunes is they get your RSS feed and then they just spread you out like mulch. Yeah. Awesome. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Rick. I'm Niall. Thanks for listening. Have a good fright night, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, awesome. He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster.